when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Cheese and pickle. All of television history is contained in the box of delights. Hello, I'm Julia Rayside. Each episode, my guest chooses a favourite TV memory to talk about. Joining me today is the writer and broadcaster, Richard Nadley. Richard, thank you for coming. It is always a pleasure. Now, you have brought something very special to talk about today, very personal yeah, I mean, I could have come up with all sorts of, of um, perceived TV memories that you know we might all share, but I just thought I had one that was very specific to me because it was one of those moments on television, a very tiny, insignificant, you might say even pointless moment yeah. in itself, but on which my whole life turned wow. properly. I okay. mean, properly turned. And But for this moment in my television career, this moment... Oh, really? Um, as opposed to a morning, yeah. you know, or a series or a show, but this moment, yeah. um, I wouldn't be married to Judy. Probably wouldn't ever have met her. I wouldn't be, therefore, father to... Jack and Chloe. I wouldn't be stepfather to Tom yeah. and Dan. Mm-hmm. They probably wouldn't have been in this morning as we know it. Oh um, my goodness! All the things that have this is a bleak picture you're life. painting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think many people say, "Well, that's a rosy no, picture." No. If only what the hell? What the hell went wrong? <laughs> um, all can be absolutely traced to this moment, and it. And I think we all have moments like this in our lives, mm-hmm. where we basically our fates turn on a sixpence, or as yeah. Americans say, they turn on a dime, or on the fall of a leaf. Um, or on the flutter of a butterfly's wing. But we, we rarely can trace them, but sometimes we can. And this absolutely was a pivotal moment in my adult life. OK, take me there. What year is it? It's 1982. OK. I've been in journalism since 1972. I joined the local paper in Brentwood. You in were Essex. young, weren't you? Yeah, yeah you 16, yeah. Going. I wrote mm. to the local paper for a basically what today we call work experience. Yeah. I uh, just wanted to do a week because I was going to go back to school, do my A-levels, mm. take English at uni and hopefully get some kind of graduate training course. Someone like The Guardian or The Telegraph or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so I wrote to the local paper and said, I want to be a journalist one day, like my dad. Dad was a newspaper reporter. Uh-huh. Um, can I come and make coffee for a week and just see how the newsroom works? And I got this letter back. These are different times. Yeah. 72, from the editor saying, basically, sod off, son. <laughs> uh, this is a working newspaper. We haven't got time to 
you know, yeah. look after 16 We're not year a nursery olds. school. Yeah. <laughs> and then he must have thought better of it because I got another letter from him the next day by the next post saying, oh, all right, actually, come on in on a Wednesday afternoon oh. when we've gone to press and I'll give you 10 minutes and I'll explain how it kind of works. So I went in very excited and sat in the editor's office and we chatted. And as I say, dad was a newspaper reporter, so I knew a bit about it. Yeah. I was very keen and I had lots of ideas and thoughts. And after about 10 or 15 minutes, he said, hmm, do you want to start tomorrow? I said, pardon? What do you mean, like making the coffee? He said, no, no, do you want to come and join us on a three-year apprenticeship? We wow. call it indenturship, and uh, we'll send you to college every year for two months. And I like the cut of your jibs, son. And by 19, you'll be a qualified journalist if you can do it. Do you, do you want to do it? And I said, yes. That must have been so much more appealing than, well, you could study for a few more Absolutely. years. Absolutely, and, yeah, and I'd get paid ready. as well. 11 pounds, two pence a week. Amazing. So, yeah, so I started as a, as a, as a journalist, and I joined local radio about three or four years after that as a yeah. reporter. And then I joined Border Television in 1978 as an re- on-screen reporter and presenter. Yeah. Always in news, always in hard news. Yeah. Not, not features or anything else, not sport, but hard news. Yeah. N- nightly news for the nightly news show. And then I joined Yorkshire Television in Leeds and worked with Richard Whiteley on, oh, uh, yes. on Calendar, yeah. on the nightly news, one of a team of reporters. Anyway, one day, I've been there for about a year, no, about two years, and one day I was on the, on the Raz the night before and I woke up late, hungover, and I got into the news conference late. Yeah. And you had to be in early on news conferences to get the best stories. Yeah. But I got in late and I got the absolute, you know, fag end of it. And the story I was assigned was up in York, at York University, and it was a conference, an international conference on Rubik's Cube. You know, a Rubik's conference Cube. A conference on yeah. Rubik's Cube. And basically it was a maths conference, you know, oh, great. <laughs> Sure, Sir Isaac Newton unraveled the mysteries of gravity, but could he have unraveled the mysteries of Rubik's Cube? Three weeks ago, Judge Smith retired to her chambers with Exhibit A, Rubik's Cube. She hasn't been seen since. Warning, once you get your hands on Rubik's Cube, you may never be able to put it down. Rubik's Cube, over three billion combinations, but just one solution from Ideal. You know, and I couldn't do maths. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So off I went with the news crew to film something because it was film in those days, but not video. Yeah. Uh, to film it, bring it back, and put it out on that night's calendar. Oh. So I went up there, and it was slim picking. What you was know. your angle, dude? So I couldn't find it. I mean, there wasn't an angle. It was so dull. I interviewed oh, no. a professor or two, and they, I couldn't understand what they were saying. And yeah. uh, anyway, I, I got enough to kind of stitch it together, but it was lacking something. So I thought I'd do a piece to camera to talk to wrap it. Yeah. And it was the bog standard joke that all reporters who ever do pieces about Rubik's cube do. You stand and you say. Well, there it is. Da, da, da. You're wrapping up and uh-huh. you hold a Rubik's Cube, which is all jumbled in yes, front of, of you. Yes, of course. Um, and you say, um, but who can solve the Rubik's Cube? And as you're talking, you drop it out of shot Obviously. to your waist where somebody, it was the electrician, <laughs> fed me one that had been one you'd done earlier. <laughs> all red, blue, white, green and all that. Yeah. And uh, without missing a beat, you're still talking about two seconds after dropping it, letting it sink below shot. You bring up the other one as yeah. if it were the same one and say... Ah, oh, I'm all fingers and thumbs today. That's two, <laughs> two, two point three seconds, but there we Smooth. go. Ha ha, very funny. Not original, but anyway, I did that. So that's what went out that night on calendar. And here's where it starts to get. This is where the dominoes start the to, to stack up, moment. and the sliding doors moments okay. are plural. There was a, an ITN editor who, for some reason, was up in Leeds in his hotel room in the bath, watching calendar, in and the he bath. saw my piece go out, and he saw my little piece of camera and the joke. 
And he happened to know that News at 10 that night didn't have an and finally. They oh. always had the and finally. So the National finisher. News. The National News. And I've never done anything on the National News before. It's always just regional. Blimey. And he picks up the phone in the bath and he called the news desk in London and said, have you got the and finally for tonight? And they said, no. So I think there's one you could take from Yorkshire Television. This bloke called Richard Mudgley or something. Or I love that. Medelli, or I don't know. <laughs> always at work, even so they in the took, bath. <laughs> so they took it down the line. They fed it down the line. And I got a call about 8 o'clock from my editor saying, News at 10 are going to run your piece tonight. You're, oh, you're my really goodness. They cut it down to the bone. But it included the piece of camera at the Obviously. end. Obviously. And I called my mum and my dad and wife. I'm going to be on News at 10. Yeah. I'm going to be on News at 10. <laughs> so and I was. And they played it. And um, I was very excited. And the next morning I went into work and everyone said, oh, well done. So you last night at News at 10. And there was a note on my desk to call Rod Caird at Granada Television Manchester, our big rival in the north at the oh time. Oh, my God. And I thought, because we rented a television from Granada, where we'd had a lot of trouble with it that <laughs> month. I thought it was the final. I'm getting a call. So I called this bloke and he said, Rod Caird. I said, well, about time, <laughs> Mr. Caird. I mean, we've been calling you for, after, and I could hear him. He said, Richard, 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 you think I'm TV rental, Stop talking, you? Richard. He said, I'm, head of, I'm head of news, Granada Television. Oh, shit. I said, oh, uh, right, sorry. Yeah, what? And he said, I saw you piece up. He said, get this. He said, I was in the bath. I was, what? Uh, yeah, he said, I was in the bath, he said, and I, I'm watching news at 10. He said, and I saw you, and I thought, that's weird. I saw your piece, he said, and... Uh, so where's this going? <laughs> yeah, uh, quite. And he said, um, we've got another, we've got two presenters here, Tony Wilson, the late, great Tony yeah. Wilson, and Judy Finnegan, who I dimly, dimly heard of. Who? Who? Yeah, well, yeah, who? And he said... And I, he said, I want to have a three-presenter three lineup for my nightly news show, Granada Reports. And the guy I wanted to do it has had to leave. Would you be interested in coming over and, and, and auditioning for it? My said, God. And then Granada was big, you know. Yeah. So I said, yes, please. So I went across, auditioned for it, and got the job. Um, wow. And the rest is kind of history. Within six months, Judy and I were having an affair, uh, a news Richard, affair. Richard, yeah, Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and then I, I was divorced, and Judy was divorced, and we got together properly, and I became stepfather to her kids, and we had our own kids, and everything happened. This and is insane. This morning happened. And it was entirely because I got hungover. You were hungover. And went up to do a Rubik's Cube conference. And had I not got hungover, over, I would have done another story, and I, my life, which has made me a father and Judy's husband, and this morning, everything Aww. that's flowed from that book club, everything you want to say, yeah, would not have happened if it hadn't been for Rubik's Cube at York University on something like April the 3rd, 1982. That's completely crazy. Yeah, it is, isn't Do you it? remember who you were drinking with that night, the night before? Uh, and did you say think. thank you for let making me, me stay for that extra let last drink think. that I should? Yes, I'll tell you how I was drinking. With. <laughs> I was drinking with a magistrate, he was a contact. What? I was drinking with a magistrate in, uh, he lived in Headingley in Leeds and uh, he drove me home and this is 1982 remember and yeah. he was he was drunk of course there was he, a lot he was a magistrate about. and he drove <laughs> he me home drunk and he's driving. drunk driving and he drove me home I said are you sure you should be driving oh I'll be fine I'll be fine oh my and he God. drove me home um, and a, two or three, after this Rubik's Cube thing two or three days later I was in I was still working at Yorkshire and I was covering magistrate's court covering a course mm. and he was a magistrate and the case before the one I was there to cover was just a normal drink driving case and the bloke pleaded guilty and the magistrate this guy leant forward and said, like, he gave him a right lecture and said you're banned for a year no. people like you are a menace on the road and blah 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 blah. and this bloke left the dock shame face and then this magistrate turned to me and winked oh the corruption no, the corruption what? in those days wasn't second to none that is utterly so that's appalling. who i was drinking with oh yeah. my goodness so when you did you have to audition with tony wilson and judy no i just went across they just and said, I, I, no i went across and i did an interview and uh, with i can't remember just caught into with somebody read a few links uh, did a couple of pieces of camera and Rod actually, kept the, the head of news came down. He said, it's yours. Do you want it? And I said, Whoa. yes, please. And that was it. And so I gave him so a notice easy. and I went across. Granada reports.
100 homes have tonight been evacuated as a safety measure after a train carrying petrol was derailed and then exploded in a tunnel near Rochdale. Good evening. Full details of that crash story in just a couple of seconds. Also, the Do you remember the first time you saw Judy? Oh, yeah. It's, it's embarrassing. It's gone down into kind of broadcasting sort of <laughs> oh, sub-legend. No. I was, the, Granada had what's called a parenting scheme in the newsroom. So yeah. when somebody new like me arrived, somebody else who'd been there for a while was assigned uh, to be your mother or your father, depending on their, their you gender. you have to call them that? No. Um, but <laughs> that was it. this is not a no, good start. No. So, whoever, so say Tony Wilson had been looking after me, he would have been my dad. You yeah, know? And, right. and Anyway, I'd, been in the, I'd come to my first morning conference. I was yeah. sitting at my desk getting myself sorted out and I felt these two hands on my shoulder and I turned around and it was Judy Finnegan. Did you file an immediate sexual harassment yeah, case? Yeah, <laughs> these days I would have been in clover, wouldn't I? And I turned around and she said, and she's, this is what she said, she said, I'm your mummy. I didn't know what Wowzers. the hell she was talking about, that this yeah. is weird. That is um, not a great chat up It isn't, is it? And I said, what? <laughs> and she explained, she said, we got this parenting thing and I've got to look after you. So she showed me where the loos were and yeah, the coffee yeah, yeah. machines were and all the rest of it. Yeah. And, um, and, and as I say, the rest is history. The rest literally is history. But I do. But I, just, just one quick thing before we, we go about joining Granada back in those days. Tony Wilson, the late great Tony, yeah. you know, obviously head of factory records, ran the Hacienda Club. What a career Happy Mondays, Joy Division. I mean, yeah. he was the man in Manchester, well, from about four or five years previously yeah. until his sad death about 20 years later. But Tony was uber cool. And he, and he had his day job, which was reading the news and presenting on Granada Reports. And then yeah. he'd go down to the Hacienda or down to factory records and be Mr. Uber Cool it's Manchester. Other life, isn't it? And it obviously yeah. meant he got a lot of attention, not all, all of it great. Yeah. And at the point that I joined in 82, there was a campaign across Manchester, God knows why, to write in the same graffiti font, it was silver font, Tony Wilson is a wanker. <gasps> and there were hundreds and hundreds of these pieces of graffiti. Wherever you look, any spare bit of wall, Tony Wilson annoyed? is a wanker. And you could yeah, yeah. see it outside the newsroom in Key Street in really? Granada. Tony Wilson is a wanker on the wall opposite. And I remember I'd been there about three weeks and I was a bit nervous of Tony because he was, he, was, he was an impressive guy. Yeah, and I he was very intellectual. I was a bit nervous. Of it. And one morning somebody made a crack about this and he came back with a zinger uh, at the conference, the news conference, which made me realise he didn't give us stuff. Yeah. So we're at the coffee machine about 10 minutes later. I hadn't really spoken to him much until then and we were getting coffee together. He said, you're settling in? Are you going all right? I said, yeah. I said, can I ask you something? He said, yeah, what? I said, um, <laughs> and I pointed out at this graffiti, Tony Wilson. I said, don't you mind that? And he took a sip of his and said, mind what? I said that everywhere you look, you know, this is your hometown. It says Tony Wilson is a wanker. <laughs> he said, "Why well, should I fucking mind?" <laughs> and he said, "Would you mind?" I said, "What if I went back to Romford in Essex and everywhere I looked, it says Richard Maid is a wanker?" <laughs> yeah, I think it might. I think it might bother yeah. me a bit. He said, "Well, it doesn't bother me." I said, "Why not?" He said, "Because it's fucking true." <laughs> I said, "What?" He said, "It's true." He said, "Look, all right." Own said, it. And he put. I'll never forget. He put his coffee down. So can I ask you a question? He said, "Do you enjoy being on telly?" I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, come on, you know what I fucking mean. Yeah. Do you like being on telly? Right. Do you like it? Do you like being that bloke on telly? Do you enjoy it? I said, yes. He said, well, that makes you a wanker. He said, I enjoy Brilliant. it too. He said, I enjoy it far too much. He said, that makes me a wanker. He said, look around you. We're all bloody wankers in television. He said, so if somebody out there wants to say that I'm a wanker, it's what's called fair comment, Rich, That's and amazing. you live with it, isn't it? And of course, what he was really saying was, Never take yourself seriously because no. you're on the telly. Because exactly. you get recognised going down the high street. Don't if you think that's important. Yeah. If you take that seriously, if you let that form your character, then you indeed are a wanker. That's a brilliant. It was a very very interesting learning curve. As you're about to go on it. a big TV show. As I was about, well, I was about my career was was burgeoning yeah, yeah, at that yeah. point. Um, so yeah, good old Tony. We lived in the same street actually a few really? years later. Yeah, me and Judy and our kids and Tony and uh, his wife Hillary and, and their kids. He and, sounds uh, like a sage. Oh, Tony was. I'm, I miss he died of, of kidney cancer about yeah. uh, 15 years ago I miss him to this day he, yeah, was, uh, sure. he was a lovely man anyway what's a brilliant bit of advice don't be a wanker or if you are a wanker just agree that you agree. are indeed you are a wanker, wanker yeah. good advice for life fair comment <laughs> now Richard before you go please oh, yes. plunge into the box of delights and pick a question 
<laughs> Great question. Did you ever write to Jim will fix it? Oh. <laughs> wow. Now, what if the answer to that was yes? Uh, well, and I why? mean, yeah. And what did you think of it? No, I never wrote. I was too old. You were too old. I was too yeah, old. Yeah. I never wrote to Jim will fix it. And although I had no idea, uh, along with the rest of the population, no, that he, he was, was hiding he, in that he was sight, the evil, he? evil man that he was, I never liked him. No. I didn't like his persona. I didn't like his profile. I didn't. I didn't like his shtick. No. I didn't like his cigar thing. I didn't like his overweening ego. Neither yeah. did my parents. No. He, he wasn't popular in our house. I at don't all. think anyone really loved him. Did no. They? And actually, we didn't really watch it. No. We didn't really watch him or fix it because of him. Did you um, ever meet him? Yes. Uh, and by the time I interviewed him, I th- it may have been with Judy. I'm not sure. Yeah. He, by then, he had a reputation for being um, inappropriate with the makeup girls. Yeah. And I'm not saying to the point that you'd call the police. Oh, no. We're talking about comments. stars of a certain era and comments how they're handsy and, and it's a bit yeah, unpleasant. Yeah, handsy and, and in, inappropriateness, you yeah. know. Um, Rolf Harris was the same. Yeah. I remember when, when Rolf Harris used to come in on a programme, this is before the accusations about yeah, yeah, yeah. him, he had a reputation for touching up the makeup Ugh. girls to the extent that the head of makeup, uh, when we were at uh, when we were doing this morning, yeah. who at that stage was a woman, you know, of a certain age, yeah. um, would make sure that she made him up to avoid the, young, to make the, younger, the, the girls. young girls make him up because his reputation <laughs> went before him. That's but Jimmy Savile was an unlikable, I think, a yeah. very unlikable man. He didn't and put a phony. people at their ease. And yeah. No, and you could tell, and maybe this is the journalist in me, you could tell he was a phony. He was you, covering you something was always. Yeah, yeah, and just nobody's like that. You know, no. No, no, no normal human beings like that. Any stupid tracksuit and medallion and silly shoulder-length blonde hair. Everything about him was odd yes. and not likable. Yeah. But no, I never wrote to him. Well, good. Anyway, we've ended on a sad note, but we shouldn't because we're celebrating your <laughs> the sliding doors moment that led you to your lovely wife. Rubik's Cube. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Rubik's Cube. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. You can find links to the YouTube clips from today's episode on our Twitter feed at Box Delights Pod. Come and say hello. Bye. <laughs>